There we go. Um, right, hello everyone. <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting <laughs> hour or two. I have a, a, a very good feeling about this. Um, <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, uh, this is the wonderful, wonderful Cleo. And Thanks. she is um, just one of the best people we've ever met. <laughs> Probably. That's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're going to basically just talk as we usually do. Some nonsense will turn up. Yeah, something like that. And Jack, Jack's the one, with, the man with the questions. Oh God! Usually, well, no, no. <laughs> you don't have to worry. Don't. <laughs> I just do the intros. That's it. Oh, I'm just going to say it next time. That's the best intro I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> Smashed it, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> so, Cleo, we obviously met you like at the, at the back end of last year when you came into Smugglers and did kind of like a tasting training session with, with me and all the, the bar staff. Um, I remember at the time, I kind of initially wrongly thought that you were just going to be like a, a rep sort of promoting and, and whatnot. And then, as soon as we got talking, I realized that you actually were like instrumental of you yeah. basically built the brand and, and the. You kind of decided on the blend and everything from the ground up. So obviously doing like a session with you was really interesting because you knew so many more dimensions of the whole process than most other people would, you know, when talking about a or any spirit for that matter. So I guess today we're going to kind of like delve a little bit into how all it came to be and, and whatnot. But before that, maybe could you give us a bit of a background into yourself? Like what did you do sort of before getting into rum in general and then how did you kind of like fall into that cool well uh, right it depends how far back you want to go oh yeah i'll be like <laughs> oh, <isn't it? laughs> basically i did work a bit in the caribbean and that's when that was ages ago and i love that's when i worked for virgin richard branson which was amazing um and i sort of fell in love with it then and that's when i really first got to try rum and really thought right i like this but i was i was quite little then so i just but that's when it started firing up on my awareness to me and i did make i went traveling all sorts i did make fairly loads of a few few jobs and then i decided to set up some bars so i got a government grant to set my first bar up and i ended up opening four bars which was mental um and a club in manchester i didn't even mean to open the club but anyway and um, it was really good it was brilliant and but during that time this is what i always say um i got to work with some really cool people like you lot that know what you're on about so to me so i didn't used to know what i was on about and the brilliant thing about having bars is you can order what you want because you don't really pay for it, and then you sell it. And so I was like, just like trying it all and asking people that knew what they were on about. Well, what about this? Why does that taste like that? And that started really firing me up. And then after 14 years, 14 years later, I thought I cannot be doing with this bar business any longer. So it was brilliant, but I did my time. And uh, so I decided to do this properly, um, which was amazing. And because I'd met so many um, experts, I always go on about Stephen James. I hope he doesn't get embarrassed. You know, the rum diarist, the blogger, he's fantastic. Yeah. If you want to know anything about rum, ask him. And we used to sit outside Ultra Market and he used to bring down like these amazing little samples and we'd tip them into each other. And he'd say, that tastes like that because of that. That's come from that 
distillery that's been distilled like that and I'd be like wow and then we'd be sloshed and we'd do it all over again but it was <laughs> but it was really good and I learned all about it that way um I got as I say and other, there's a few other people that I won't go on about now but they were amazing and they helped me but I wouldn't have known them if I hadn't been in the industry so it's really helped um so I thought right here we go on your marks, get set, go. So I went back to Calgary, went to a couple of distilleries, which were amazing. I went to Cuba and I went to, uh, where was the other one? Foursquare, which is Brill. Um, but when I got, I got lots of rums and things to bring back with me. And then I also got lots of samples and basically spent a whole year with the help of main rum samples, like tipping them into each other with the help of these people, just going, what do you think of that? And then getting it blended, you to me, I've got a rum cupboard, which is actually over there. It's, I won't show you it, it's huge. And it's just full of millions of rums. And as I say, we just tip, tip, tip. And then we'd send it out to um, um, trade shows, um, uh, bars, chefs, everyone, and just go, what do you think of this? And every time I thought I got it right, they all went, nah, right. So it took a long time. And it, you've got to be careful. It's not just my taste, because I don't... I don't really like really, really sweet rum. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Okay, but I prefer to be on the slightly drier side. Um, having said that, when, when I had that more 96 with you, I nearly fell over. I've never got <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Charles. So anyway, so I did that for a year and it was brilliant. And as I say, after a year, we got the final blends for the golden one, which was the most difficult. Um, and that was amazing because I didn't, I would say I didn't, I knew about rum, but it's only when you start blending it that you start thinking, I know absolutely nothing. And it was scary. And my learning curve was like that. It went up and then it just fell off the ceiling. It was so steep. And I learned a hell of a lot in, in a quite short period of time. Um, so, yeah, we did. That's how we did the golden one and the clementine one as well. Obviously, the clementine one's a spiced one which is completely different. So one, I was blending rums and the other one, I was blending flavours and spices. So it's quite diff different. Um, but yeah, that's it. Oh, and do, do you want me to just go on about the really difficult things? Oh my God. Sure, got... go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, getting the money, outrageous. In the end, that I was, Yeah, that was something I was going to ask, because obviously you just said like, over the course of all this time, you kind of just like open these bars and then have, had a club and then start making room. Like, how did you position yourself to get into all these points? Like, well, from like my point of view, right now, if I wanted to go and open some bars, it'd be quite tough, you know? Like, oh, how, know. how did you kind of fall into that? Well, that was a long time ago, right? When when things aren't like they are now, so it's a bit easier to get money. So I did a, 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 a this new entrepreneur scholarship thing at Manchester Business School at night. Um, and I got the four, they gave me four grand, which I spent on a solicitor. And then I managed to get, um, there was a loan they used to do with the government. And then um, there was this, there was this loan that the bank used to do. If they thought your business plan was good enough, it would be backed by the Department of Trade and Industry. So that if you didn't have any security, the bank would still lend you money. They don't do that anymore. At oh, wow. I was going to say that seems like a very lenient. Amazing. I am brilliant at writing business plans. That HSBC said it was the best one they'd ever seen. So if you ever want a hand, seriously, I love it. <laughs> a bit of a geek. Anyway, so I did that and did all my projections and I managed to get the loan for um, Odd in an Northern Quarter. Oh, and then I got a silly, on the back of that, I got a silly loan for the next one. Then I opened the next one on my own because I had enough money and I got another loan for the next one. And then I turned one into a club with the money I got. Do you see what I mean? During that time, I'd bought um, two houses, which I put on this bloody rum for 
<laughs> so, of, of all those places, I'm going to come and live with you. That's fine. You can move it any time. Just bring that room cabinet. Yeah. We'll yeah. All right. I'll, I'll have to get a massive van. But yeah. That's all right. Yeah. I'll just haul it in. <laughs> I'll hire the van for the day. Okay. Fine. So, of all those bars, then, is there any that are still operating now, or once you um, kind of left those, did you just pass I, them on I to went, someone else? Yeah, I went off and left them behind um, because I just didn't, yeah, I just sold them basically, so I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, but yes, and I managed to raise the money to get this going, but I mean, blimey, it's, it is, I mean, I love it, don't get me wrong, I'm really excited at the moment because it's going really well, but it is slightly bottomless pity, if you know what I mean. But in the <coughs> And there you go. Uh, but it's great. But it takes a hell of a lot of money to start it up. Um, and a lot, a lot, a lot of things that I didn't know. I've learned them now. But if I knew what, at the beginning what I know now, I probably wouldn't have approached this because it's huge. Right. I'm very glad I did. I mean, one of the major things, apart from getting the blimmin' money, is, is the, um, the licenses you have to have from the government. They came around my house to check I wasn't a dodgy rum person. Well, I am, but not in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not we'll, we'll edit, we'll edit not that out, don't worry. Just making a joke out of myself, okay? <laughs> you know, what, what sort of license do you need then for? So you need a wholesaling license and then you need a license to keep it under bond. So um, basically, if you keep a run, once you've produced it under bond, you'll, you, have to, you get a massive license for this. Um, you don't have to pay the duty per bottle to the government until it leaves bond. So what, if you're getting big bulk together, so say if I got a thousand bottles, it's eight pounds a bottle, I'd have had to come up with eight grand just to get it out, but I can, it can stay there until I've sold it. Do you see what you mean? Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So if sense. you're selling it by, you know, the 50 boxes or whatever, you can do it in that way and that eases cash flow. So that's a, that's a, that's a big, big license. Again, we can chat all about that. I'll bore your head off. Um, and then there's a, that's a Walger, and then you've got um, AWRS, which is your permission to sell it, and that's when they come round your house, and they go, "Do you know the new law, paragraph B, section 64?" I went, "Of course I do." Of course I do. But anyway, I managed to get through that. <laughs> and then I got through that. I did know, but again, I am actually a geek. I don't, I don't come across as one, but I am one. Um, so I knew all about that, and that took about three hours, and there was two of them, and they were, like, cross-examining me, and then they went and looked all around the house. Like, blimey. Anyway, I passed that. Who knows how that happened? Um, so that was good. And then you have to just learn how you get it out there, you know. You can't just, hi, I've got some rum. Um, so what was really good, I had a great relationship with a wholesaler that I'd used for 14 years when I was with the bars. So they gave me a try, which is amazing. Oh, okay, that's cool that's really good um and then it's just like you think you think to yourself oh i've got this really nice rum and really oh the design of the label oh my god i'm me and the designers nearly blew each other up but anyway we got there the label's brilliant um i think um but um and that costs lots of money as well but what was i going to say oh you think you've got this lovely rum with a lovely um uh, label you just think oh yeah everyone's going to buy it and they're not because nobody knows about it mm. wow it's been a shock <laughs> It's getting there. It's getting there now. So, yeah, I mean, well, we can get into that a little bit, I guess, because it's something that I really want to talk to you about. Obviously, it seems from an outsider looking in that in such a short space of time, it's gone from essentially being like a brand new brand to seemingly being available everywhere. I know, because so, I'm like a dog with a bone. <laughs> Awful. 
I'm like, well, I mean, if, if, if <laughs> you, you're doing something right, that's for sure. You know, like it, it really yeah. seems to, um, you got yourself out there. I presume it's been a lot harder behind the scenes than it looks like oh, from yeah. an outsider looking in. Me breezing up and having a laugh, right? It is really hard to like getting, getting, so for instance, getting national wholesalers to take it on. It's huge. You're with LWC, aren't you? Yeah, so we do a lot of work with LWC. Yeah, so, so for instance, you can't just rock up to LWC and say, here, I'll take this. You just can't. There's just a lot of background and rapping on doors and being a pain in the bum and stuff like that which I'm quite good at I'm tenacious little <laughs> I was gonna say you certainly are like the persistent type so yes I am um but yes yeah, so there's a lot of that so you sort of you sort of have to it's all very well going out there but you have to do the building blocks and people have to be able to get it but then it's a bit catch-22 if, if the wholesalers don't know who you are they're like well why should we take it on so you have to go and get demand in order to you know, get the wholesalers to take it. It's very weird. It's, but it's, I'm doing it. Yeah. I guess once you get the ball rolling, it kind of snowballs, right? And it picks up. And once you're available in one or two places and all of a sudden the product starts to sell, other people will catch on and then more will start picking it up. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my, always my plan was to do it. Obviously I'm based in Manchester was to start in Manchester because again, I knew a lot of people. I think some people were a bit worried though, because, um, some people knew me from having the bars and they're like, all oh, right. So she started a rub and they probably, they might've felt obliged to stock it. But what if it was crap? Lucky it's not. Mm. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I go, stop my mum. What if it was rubbish? And I'm saying, no, sorry, Claire, it's rubbish, but it isn't. So they have, they go round circles. So I've got it into some really, really excellent places. Um, do you know what I mean? In Manchester. And of course in Liverpool, which is quite yeah. hard to get into. Um, you yeah. lovely. Um, there's been a couple of other places in Liverpool. So we're just beginning to spread out and I'm getting into London now as well. I did a run week um, at Trailer Happiness last week. Oh, uh, fantastic. Oh, amazing. I nearly fell over. I was so nervous. But anyway, that was good. And then we went on to, we were just about to launch a menu in Lucky Cane when they started oh, nice. launching a menu yeah. with you guys. So it was all, yeah. and it's just gone boof. But hopefully we can pick it all up with everyone yeah. after. That's a couple of heavy it is in London then, so you obviously kind of, they're, they're the kind of places that strike me as, as bars that wouldn't really take on the product unless they had a little bit of belief in it themselves, you know, like. Exactly, well, a bit like yourselves, do you know what I mean? Am I allowed to refer to you as yourselves on this video? <laughs> yeah. Call us whatever you like. Whatever, whatever you like, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want. Um, you know what I mean? Like proper rum bars is what I, I'm trying to go for. So where, and I think the... Yeah, it's the, 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 I deliberately set out to do two skews, to do two different things. I've got the, the golden blend, as you know, which has got nothing added to it. It's just the rum speaks for itself. It's got some really beautiful distilleries in there, which, you know, proper rum heads are going to take seriously. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And then you've got the Clementine rum, which I think actually sits in, should, spice rum's in a different category, I think even though it's got rum in the title. Um, but again, that one, I wanted to do a high quality one of those as well. So that, that seems to be working because um, so, some big rum bars won't look at the spiced rum yet. But they are actually, having said that, I made them. They've done their well, let's, let's, that sounds let's terrifying. The... <laughs> 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 so actually, like, delving into the, the liquids themselves then, so starting with the golden one, as you said, from like a bit of a rum nerd's perspective, you've got a mix of three in there, right? So stop me at any point if I'm mistaken. So you've got the, you've got Foursquare from Barbados in there. You've got, perfect. You've got uh, Worthy Park, Jamaican. Which is and a then, Okay. And then you also have, um, from Guyana, 
uh, from BDL. You've got, I believe it's off the Port Morant still. No, Edmore. The Edmore from the Edmore. Yeah. Okay. And how old is that one? Three. Three. Okay. So you've got like a really kind of, it ticks all the boxes from a... Yeah, kind it's got of a really good, like, they're really good distilleries and they've been, you know, making rough, some of them since the 1600s. You know what I mean? They know what they're talking about. And, and like the Blooming Edmore still, you know me, I get terribly overexcited about that, don't I? It's been making rum since 1830 and it's made of wood. How can that work? It looks like Jenga bricks. It's amazing. I don't know how everybody, because remember gin, everyone used to chuck their babies out the window and all that stuff, and now everybody loves it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, I'm going to cry. A very brief stuff. history of gin production. And it used to be, oh, no, it's mother's ruin and all this jazz. And then it became, you know, the biggest thing on the planet, didn't it? Um, and so if you could see that turnaround and that was through education and like or artisan brands and I think there's more and more artisan rum brands um, like surfacing both in this country and around the world like just experimenting with things I'd love to have my own distillery one day but not this week (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely something that we've uh, (laughs) discussed before the kind of the idea of like add additives and adding flavouring and stuff like that, and is it a pro or is it a con? And there's kind of two sides to the coin, isn't there? Really, it's like you said, it is quite a nice sort of like gateway in, but then at the same time, if it becomes too diluted with products that aren't that are kind mm-hmm. of subpar quality, it can steer people off in the wrong direction. It's it's, I, I guess it's up to like the bartenders and producers to sort of be there to provide the extra information, you know. Yeah, I think because I think that some of the sweeter, big hitting rum brands, like Diplomatico is lovely, but I think it's slightly sweeter that they could maybe move. That's, a, you know, if you like proper rum. So th- I think you take them into the sweet realms and then they can start exploring everything else. Because um, I haven't chosen to add any sugar to my um, uh, golden one. And I don't like calling it golden one. I should call it blend because we don't talk about colour anymore, do we, in rums? Because, you know, you say I like dark rum or golden rum. That's stupid because people just put colours in it. It doesn't matter. You sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dark rum. Well, you would like you wouldn't like exactly the same rum if it didn't have all that colour in it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyway, that's my little rant about that. Um, <laughs> but um, I've chosen with the golden one because the rums are so lovely. They were aged in like the whiskey cask. It 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 does drink quite dry. So I find quite a lot of drink uh, whiskey drinkers are unexpectedly liking it as well. So that's quite nice. That's cool. Well, that's a nice market to tap into. I know. You know plenty of whiskey drinkers out there. So you exactly. So when I do markets there. and things, I go. They just go, "Don't like rum," and I'm going, "Stop! Do not pass my store without trying it." And they'll walk off with it probably because they're scared. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Can't see why. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just go through it with them, and like they say, "Do you like whiskey, or do you like, you know?" I mean, so, and gin drinkers like people that like flavored gins. I would direct them probably to the Clementine rum because it's a flavored rum, and then whiskey drinkers because the rum drinkers love love the golden one they absolutely love it um and then whiskey drinkers who, who think that they don't like rum will like as i say the blend which is lovely so it's sort of catering for both ends of the spectrum but it's difficult as well because um you've got the very big brands have got such massive marketing budgets and i've got none okay so that's what you're up against but i think people are taking a bit more um notice aren't they do you think of smaller brands now a little bit I feel like there's kind of a little bit of, it's been a little bit of a trend in everything, whether it be like kind of quote unquote craft beer 
that sort of movement. Yeah. And I think the same with spirits as well. People are appreciating like a little bit more authenticity and a little bit more like care and passion, you know? And I think that there's a bit of something that's quite exciting about like rarity. Like if there's only X amount of bottles available, you know, exclusives and things like that. People seem to really take to that. So, but then sometimes people market stuff as like special editions and they're not actually special editions. I know it's that's just... naughty. And then suddenly they found some more. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think um, that appreciation for the smaller, the smaller brands that are out there. And I think probably social media kind of helps as well, which is something your... Uh, definitely <laughs> utilizing to the best of your ability like it's, it's free though isn't it you know it's it's free so you don't have to pull tons of money into marketing and whatever you can just jump on your your laptop or on your phone and, and record yourself doing a video scared of it, though. believe it or not before this covid business okay um i have uh, people who do a very good job to do my my brand page because that's meant to be properly serious when i've gone and completely mucked that up but anyway um you know we, we get proper professional photographs and everything on there but i used to have not much to do with social media and when this whole virus thing broke out i thought bloody hell what am i gonna do i can't just sit there do you know what I mean and you're right I thought to myself look this is free I'll give it a go it'll either go down like a sack of potatoes or it'll do all right and thankfully people seem to be responding quite well which is great so yeah so um social media is amazing to help if you can just you've got to be really careful with brands about sending out messages and things because my brand's quite, it's a, I, it's a serious, it's got serious rum and it's a serious, you're a twig, but I'm not particularly serious, although I take it very seriously. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah. No, totally. I think oh. we're the same, don't worry. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're the same. Exactly. So it's just a bit, I was a bit worried about getting, actually putting myself there because, well, you know what I'm like. I come around and leap about and do silly things, but then I know what I'm on about. And so I just thought, well, I've got to try that. And as I say, it's beginning to work. Um, and it is a really good tool that doesn't cost anything. Although I've discovered how you can promote posts. That's my new thing. Oh, what does that do? <laughs> don't, don't, don't spill all your secrets on here. Anyway. Yeah. People are be yeah. up to you. When you do this, <laughs> would you ever think about doing a run? Probably. <laughs> um, Take it away. Yeah, if you've got that uh, bottomless pit of money you were talking yeah, about, then, uh, <laughs> yeah, then yeah, absolutely. Okay, you can have some of it then, all right. <laughs> we can do a special, like, uh, just run with it blend for you, if you like. Yeah, brilliant, all right, lovely. We'll do, like, you know, 200 bottles or something. All right, fine, nice one. No, it's like 200 quid a bottle for it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another thing I want to do with um, do you mind me just wittering on another thing I want to do with this is like um, a lot of um, rum brands are quite male I think oh, there's nothing wrong with that but they're all sea gods or they're gods of war going to blow everyone up and they're captains of ships do you know what I mean and they can be quite bullish sometimes and I want to do something that was a bit more female on account of I am one so um, I do so I put um, her on the front of it as like a quite a powerful female figurehead and that's going down quite well and the surfs that we've been doing i've just put i'm low this is good because i've updated my website finally we've done some really amazing surfs that you wouldn't properly you know normally associate with rum so it's just as well seeing it in a slightly different way and seeing how versatile it can be because it really can yeah you do loads with it yeah. you? no for sure like i think as well like we we spoke about this i think when you when you came to smugglers but the 
you know, the branding itself looks quite modern. It looks quite slick. Like the shape of the bottles a little bit unique. Um, mm. I'd say on average, still most of the bottles bar in a few big outliers, they tend to be more like traditionally shaped, you know, and the, the labeling typically is somewhat, plain bland's not the right word because you know there's a lot of labels out there that have all the information on that you want but they are quite clear cut and straightforward yours is obviously a little bit more arty you know and i put gold on it what a silly idea was that (laughs) we find the most expensive thing you can find to put on a label right and then put that on it again you learn (laughs) you learn the hard way (laughs) worth it that's cool so there is actually like a little bit of a backstory to the symbolism on the front, right? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, cool. So she is cool too. Have you heard of um, El Diablo, the devil? Most people have heard of El Diablo. Um, so I was looking around. I thought, what am I going to call my beautiful rum from the Caribbean? Because I didn't want to call it something British. I want to sort of celebrate its heritage and its provenance. Do you know what I mean? I, you can't just call it Cleo's rum or something like that. Um, so I had a look round and it was amazing. I couldn't believe I found this, this woman. She's brilliant. And she's called Diabless. So she's like the female. She's a female she-devil. And uh, she comes straight from um, Caribbean myth, um, folklore. And she used to basically roam the streets by moonlight. And she'd had dealings with the devil, so she wasn't too happy. But she had a cloven hoof. Okay, which is great, but she kept that in the grass so no one could see it, which was great. That's what I would do. And then she roamed, she roamed the Caribbean under this wide rim. <laughs> if you look on the label, she's got like a circle behind her head. I've got one. Shall I show you it? Mm-hmm. Hello. That there, that is oh, the yeah. hat. And then she used to um, hide behind a fan as well. And she basically used to roam around by moonlight, seducing men into the forest and they would never, ever be seen again. And I thought, nice one. There you go. Is that, is, is that what you plan to do with this room? Is that the idea? Oh, no, absolutely. It's for all us ladies out there. <laughs> and men, obviously. I was really confused for a second when you picked that bottle up. Obviously, like I'm used to seeing the bottles and they are quite big and quite chunky. I've just got and that one looks very small. I'm a giant now. <laughs> I was so <laughs> confused. <laughs> so is that, jacket's fine. <laughs> is that a little miniature bottle of the, the spice one? Is that right? Yeah, the it's Clementine a four-shot one, but I do them at home myself. I don't produce Oh, nice. Because it costs, you know what, it costs a bloody fortune to get miniatures done. So I do these competitions and I sell them on markets and stuff. They're lovely. They're an absolute ball ache to do. You have to to sterilise them all to death. And then you have to fill them all to death. And then you have to put all the labels on. There's three labels. It's bonkers. But I did 500 for the VIP bar at um, Manchester City Football Club. That was fun. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. I was going to say... Everything you've touched on so far seems like a bit of a pain. Is there anything actually <laughs> that comes along with doing this? Sort of thing? It came up like a pain. Oh, no, it doesn't need to It's just a lot of hard work. Not at all. I absolutely love it. If it's come across like that, that's bad. I think it's just, um, I'm just trying to, if anyone's considering it, just consider it properly. No, it's brilliant. Um, I love it. It's just when you're starting up, what's really nice is now. So I started February 19. And so I'm over, over a year now. And things are like, you could see the fruit of your work. Do you know what I mean? Because it's been like really hard. And at the beginning, you don't see much coming back. Um, it's great getting accounts and stuff and meeting some cool people that are into it. But it takes a while for it to get some traction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, on the on-trade, that traction's 
officially stopped for now um, but I am getting a lot on the off trade and I'm hoping that will tilt in when, once this virus thing's over but no it's really it's amazingly rewarding once you start seeing stuff coming back and, and I am thank god for that <laughs> I mean to you, I always Shit. do Die bless you as my birthday, February 19th. Good really? day all round. Yeah, it's February nice. 19th. Right, we'll have to have a massive party then. Yeah. I'm down. Brilliant. Let's do it. That'd be amazing. It's a day. Fantastic. That. So um, the, the, the kind of gold or the blends that we've touched on, was did that come before or did it come at the same time as the Clementine Spice? Because that's a bit of a different blend, right? You've only yeah, got totally. two rums in there instead of the three yeah so it, uh, no there's only one in the um spice so um they i did both projects sim simultaneously uh, but i did the gold one first because that was the most difficult um and that takes a lot of skill and a lot of trying to work out not only what you like but what will be popular and also what's possible like financially um so that was the big big one that i wanted to get right so i did that and then i started work on sort of halfway through that i started work on the clementine i always knew that i wanted to use a demerara rum base for that because it's naturally sweet to rum um and then that was tricky because with the golden, that was a blend, but with the clementine, I kept sending out and there'd be too much clove or too much cinnamon or too much. I'm like, ah. And then we got it right. And then I put a mixer in it and it bloody disappeared. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, why is that? And I realised the ABV was wrong. So then, having got the flavour right, um, I put the ABV up to 45 and it tasted like medicine. I was like, nope, that's not going to work. So we went between 35 and 45 and settled on 40%. So you've got to do all these. Do you see what I mean? So mm -hmm. well, you well know, they differ according to how strong they are. If, do you know what I mean? Their, their whole flavour profile can differ. I mean, I'd like to do a stronger blend next time. But again, that's a financial consideration. Do you know what I mean? Because the duty, etc. Um but yeah, so the golden one, we, we took that through all the ABVs as well. And that did sit really well at 40. But you've got so many things to consider um, as well. I mean, I could have done the golden one a bit sweeter to taste, to make, to suit more palates, but I didn't really want to. Fair enough, fair enough. So with the, with the spice that's kind of in the, obviously Clementine's like the main component of the flavour that's added. How did you kind of fall upon... Clementine, because like, there's all the kind of typical stuff you've got, you know, vanilla, orange, yeah. cloves, cinnamon, nutmeg. That's kind of like some of the bog standard spice that would typically be added to rum. So Clementine's the, the standout, you know, how yeah. did you fall on that? Or? Well, I just did loads and loads of research about uh, into cocktails and what people like to, to put in it. And do you know what I mean? And one of the things that started to stand out through the ages has been like orange or Clementine. And I just thought, particularly Clementine, and I was working with a consultant at the time, and we both turned up on the same day and they said, I found it. I found the flavour I want to do. And we both said it exactly the same time, which is amazing. He claims he said it first. He didn't. Um, so <laughs> there isn't another one in the world either. So it's the only Clementine rum in the whole world, which is fab, um, which gives it a point of difference. So that was, that's another thing. You've got to try and make these things a bit different. Because yeah. blood is a spice rum. There's so much spice rum coming out at the moment. So, yeah, we've certainly, uh, re we've really enjoyed like messing around with like the cocktail menu and stuff for, um, for smugglers using uh, the Clementine, certainly. Um, yeah. It's, it's been like, it's really good to use in drinks, we think. Like, we've used yeah. it with like champagne and all sorts. Like, weird, <laughs> weird and wonderful. Put in my coffee. Yeah. 
wash my hair in it. <laughs> are you having some? What are you having? Um, I'm drinking some rum. Unfortunately, it's not one of your <laughs> bottles. Um, I'm what is it? Having a little afternoon sip. Oh, it's a bit worthy part from Jamaica. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. Um, I was trying to do it on the slice so people would notice you that. Can't, so I can smell it, sweets. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, you're right. Come tea is really good to, to give you a good flavour base. And what, the good one about the golden one as well is because it's quite dry, you can add loads to it. We had brilliant daiquiri fun the other day with that. It's amazing. Um, but that will take quite a lot of sugar, that one. Um, but yeah, as I say, the chem tea is going down very, very well. It More than the golden, which I knew it would, but that's because it will appeal to more people, I think, because it's a bit sweeter. Yeah, you've kind of like alluded... Uh, go on. No, go I was just going to say, as you said before, it's, it's one of those where it's, you know, if you manage to kind of get people interested right off the bat with the Clementine one, you know, yeah. who's to say that you can't give them a little nudge on to try in the blend, you know, and then they try that and they like it more than they thought. And then all of a sudden, they're, the they're kind one. of into the world of rum then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I want to do a limited edition one. I can't wait. But as we talked before, that's going to be bloody expensive. Have you, have you decided with that, um, will it be another blend or will it be like a single cask type thing or... Right, so my plan the is be, the only reason I would do a, I'd do a single cask if I could, I'd go straight into that, but it's got to be financial, unfortunately. So I, I want to build the brand by getting stuff that is more appealing to more people at first and then launching into that when I've got a bit, a bit more comfort to play with. Do you know what I mean? A bit more, so once I'm more established and I can start doing, do you know what I mean, the, the, the more rare stuff. I'd love to do that. I can't wait to do that. We should be a rum-tasting team. That would be choice. like the most fun process of <laughs> any, any work thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I need to do. As it's, I mean, if, as I say, if I had an endless pit of money... I, I would definitely do the more rare stuff and single cast, you know, cast strength stuff now, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do it that way round. But it is coming, definitely. I so in regards to like, sorry, I was just going to say like in regards to where you are now, uh, are you kind of, is it on course for where you thought it would be? Is it being more successful yeah. than you thought? Is it less? Like, you know, how would you it, gauge right. success you know with it so far? So the first is, I get very excited about this because you hit me on a good day. Right, so at the beginning of last year, okay, you know, when you're doing forecasts, in order to get money, you have to spread the sales out evenly. Don't, I shouldn't be saying this. But actually, obviously, they were much more with the new brand ramped far up to Chris, towards Christmas. So it was mm-hmm. better than I thought at the beginning. And then Christmas went through the bloody roof, which is great. And then this year, Monday, uh, Monday and Tuesday, what? January and February. <laughs> So two years. Um, January and February were really, really quiet. And then obviously this is hit, but I'm fine. It's doing better. That was a very long way, way around to answering your question. It sort of, at first I didn't really know what was going to happen. Then it, did, do you see what I mean? It went woof at Christmas and it went down again. But now I'm beginning to see it really doing really mm. well, which is brilliant. Um, but it's been a bit, you can't rely on just because you have one good month doesn't mean you're going to necessarily have another one but it does seem to now be gaining momentum do you see what I mean so it takes a long right, okay you get something going and get it in people's heads it's getting there which is brilliant yeah but- like obviously we've seen it pop up I mean I was in Manchester a little while ago I saw it in Selfridges I mean it's on it's on Amazon it's Master and Malt Whiskey Exchange it's kind of it seems like it's every 
site that you would want to have it available on it seems like it's basically sat on there now what's yeah. kind of like the process with that how do you manage to actually convince people to start taking it on or do they do people come to you or do you go to them right well my wholesaler first of all i was with a wholesaler that would automatically try and get it into to amazon and master of malt but ah, uh, i see so yeah okay. they might do that for you but i mean things like speciality drinks i campaigned to get that in there, which took a lot of, a lot, a lot of, please, please go more like that. So with things like that and LWC and all those sorts of people, I mean, sorry, you're talking more um, retail, aren't you? Um, I keep talking wholesalers, stop it. Yeah, with the big sites like Selfridges, that was me. I would literally went in the, the week it was launched. So I went, try this. And it just so happened that the next day their national buying manager was coming up and they went, all right, we'll have it. I'm like, blimey, that was easy. It's not that easy. Not normally, not in the real world. But that's been <laughs> selfridges one, which has been absolutely brilliant. So things like that really, really help. Um, as I say, Master of Malt, that went in on a wholesale, but they're, they're doing loads of business with it at the moment. So is Amazon, obviously, because of the lockdown. Um, there are other sites like 31 Dover, Whiskey Exchange, as you said. And then getting it into smaller retailers, that's just a question of me going around and pecking everyone's heads and convincing them, because a lot of them have got limited shelf space. <laughs> yeah. Limited, why should we take you? So then I go and commit to doing 10 million rum tastings a year. And then they go... <laughs> And then I stand in their shop and leap out. And that's what I do. It works. I was going to say, I can see it working off. really well. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Honestly, last year was mental. It was every, and I was also doing artisan markets as well. So I've got teams that go out and do that and I do them. But it got a bit mental last year. I was like, I think I've got a family and I think I might have a son somewhere. So I had to like just ramp it, pull it back a bit. Um, but I was out doing markets every weekend and, as I say, um, tastings in um, little retailers and things all over the show. I want to keep doing that, but I'm just going to try and pair it back a bit because I think you need to do, you need to chuck everything into it. You absolutely have to, to give it a push. And I will keep doing that. But I, I think now that I can, I've got someone else that helps. You know, Phoebe? Yes. Yeah, so Phoebe, she, she's helping me as well. So I've, I've been able to get someone else to help take that off me a bit. But, yeah, you've just got to keep pushing it. That wasn't answering your question. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's great. It's <laughs> I just great. ran off them myself as usual. <laughs> I was just going to ask as well, when it comes to, obviously, that kind of covers a lot of the, the retail aspects. How do you feel about the, the kind of bar and hospitality side of things? Like, how important is it for you to still be getting into you know, oh, bars and speaking to bartenders and whatnot. 100%, like million, million percent. But I've sort of, it's so weird. It was like, it was my absolute focus. And obviously this bloody virus comes and just literally, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Just went bang. And I was a bit lost. I was like, I don't really know what to do with myself. I know that because that had been my whole focus. That's where I'm from. That's all I'm used to doing. And that was my focus. So I've had to, had to go back onto the off-trade side out of because there's nothing else but the minute it comes back i mean i just hope the hospitality industry is going to be all right i mean i just don't know the bigger companies well i hope the smaller companies will keep going um and we can all buoy each other up and like launch back in but i don't know i mean my focus will very 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 much be going back to that side i think it's really important and doing like you know cocktail comps and when i've got lots of money I say when now, not if. I'm being a bit confident. Like I want to do like proper, you no know, big comps with proper prizes and things. And one day my prize will be to take everyone to the Caribbean. Not this week again, but it will be. I want to start doing stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It's really brilliant to get, you've got to get the hospitality industry, but I'm getting all blur again, and bars and things, because that's like, you know, bars and bartenders, they're the ones that know what they're on about, and they're the front facing, do you know what I mean? And they're the ones that create all these brilliant drinks, and it's like the holy grail getting on a bloody cocktail menu. It's like, wow, I love it. So, yes, I'm very, very, I, I find it very important. I can't wait to start doing that again, actually. I really miss it. 